Welcome to Understanding the Bible with Pastor Stephen. Today, Ukraine and Russia. Let's start with what the Bible says about Christians and how we are supposed to act, and then we'll get into the facts that we do know, and then I'll give you my opinion on it. First of all, when it comes to the proper Christian response, there are several things that Christians are supposed to have as part of their character, regardless of whether or not there's a war going on. Okay, so number one, Christians are supposed to be witnesses. That means we have to be willing to tell people about Jesus Christ because our home is in heaven, not on this earth, which means we need to try and get as many people as possible into heaven and not be so concerned with our daily life here on earth. So the Great Commission was given uh, before Jesus went up uh, back to heaven after he rose from the dead. Matthew 28, verse 19, it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Regardless of which side of the conflict with Ukraine and Russia that you're on, we are supposed to be telling people about Jesus Christ. So that means if you want to go and help Russians or Ukrainians, doesn't matter. As a Christian, share the gospel. Second thing we're supposed to be is lovers of truth. Acts 17.11 said these were more noble than those in Thessalonica and that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. We are supposed to be searching for the truth, not just accepting what people tell us, which is why when I give you these things, I tell you actual Bible verses so that you can look them up and see if I'm telling you the truth. You are not to just believe whatever people tell you. Speaking of the end times, uh, 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 10, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Christians need to be lovers of truth, which means you have to seek out the truth, not just believe the lies that people tell you, such as the news media, right? The third thing that Christians are supposed to be is a light in a dark world. We are supposed to give hope of the faith that is within us, the hope of Jesus Christ, the hope of heaven. We are supposed to be a shining star of righteousness, if you will, that, that people see all the lies and the hypocrisy and the evil that is going on in the world. And they should be able to look at you and be like, well, you're a good person. You know, why are you like that? And then you can witness to them, right? So Matthew 5 verse 13 says, you are the salt of the earth, but the salt has lost its savor. But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is this, thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works." and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So when it comes to war, are people around you seeing that you actually do good things and glorify God so that they can see you as light and someone to turn to to help point them the right way? The fourth thing that Christians need to be is compassionate. 
Colossians 3.12 says, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, or compassionate, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. We should care about the innocents that are hurting. And in war, the very nature of war means that innocent people on both sides will be killed. It's not murder. It's not intentional 99% of the time. It's a direct result of war. Innocent people die. So we should have compassion for them and for their families, right? The fifth thing, and there's only two more, so number five, lovers of our enemies. Uh, We are supposed to love those who are bad. Now, it doesn't mean we enable them to be bad, but we are supposed to love them and pray for them. So Matthew 5, verse 43 says, You have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Whichever side of the conflict you find yourself on, if you live in the Ukraine or if you live in Russia, whoever you determine to be the bad guys, you're still supposed to pray for them. And I don't mean just the innocent people, but you're supposed to pray for the evil people that God will change their hearts and maybe even judge them on this earth or turn them so that they can be instruments of good. So we are actually supposed to love and care for everyone on this earth and care about their eternal soul. Now, say Hitler back in World War II, would I have loved him? No, I'm not a good enough Christian. I am not strong enough of faith. Maybe, maybe I would have prayed for him and asked that God turn his heart and convict him but then I'd probably ask God to judge him right now and kill him too. So take that with a grain of salt, but the Bible does say we must do it. So um, I'm not trying to be hypocritical. I'm just telling you as a flawed human being, I'm not going to always do the right thing. And the right thing is to pray for our enemies. However, and this is the last point, the Bible clearly says that we as Christians are supposed to be warriors against evil, both the spiritual in Ephesians 6 and the physical as soldiers. So Philemon 1 verse 2, uh, Paul is writing and he says, And to our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. It is very clear that Christians can be soldiers. And there's other places where Jesus speaks to a Roman soldier, says that he is a faithful man and that God blesses him and other other places throughout the Bible. This isn't the only one, but it is very clear that a righteous person can be a soldier. And then my favorite um, passage is Psalms 149, starting in verse five, it says, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute upon them the judgment written, this honor have all of his saints. Praise ye the Lord. It is very clear in the Bible that we are supposed to stand up against injustice and against evil kings and physically fight them. That's the basics about Christians, Christianity, the way we are supposed to act, our character, right? So what do we know about Ukraine and Russia? Number one, the things we know about the conflict is Joe Biden's son has received millions of dollars from Burisma, the Ukraine oil company, and threatened the Ukraine government to not give them a billion dollars in foreign aid 
if they looked into that discrepancy where Joe Biden, his family was receiving millions of dollars from Ukraine. So we know for a fact that Joe Biden said it himself. He laughed about it when he said it. Just Google it. Number two, America funded the Wuhan bioweapons lab in China under Barack Obama. We paid for them to develop the coronavirus. Number three, America is funding similar bioweapons facilities in the Ukraine near the Russian border. It's being painted by the current administration as anti-bioweapon labs. Take that with a grain of salt. Number four, over the last year, America has experienced unprecedented inflation and supply shortages due to Democrat policies under Joe Biden. They need Russia as a scapegoat to blame for all of these things. If you watch the news, just turn on the TV today and you will see the Biden administration and the news media blaming Russia for supply shortages, gas prices, and the inflation in our economy that was happening for over a year. And this conflict has only been going on for a couple of weeks. Number five, the known liars in the media over the last six years, they have been caught in so many lies. They're saying Ukraine is good and Russia is bad. That should be a red flag to you when a liar tells you something, especially when every liar you know is saying the same thing. Sounds to me like maybe they're being told to push something on you to make you believe something, right? So that should be a red flag. Number six, and uh, I've got nine points here, so facts that we know. Number six, the former USSR was evil and against freedom. So it is very easy to assume that the Russians of today are also evil. It's easy to assume that, right? Number seven, Biden and the media were quick to call Russia evil and get American companies to put restrictions on them, while at the same time, Biden and our government was buying millions of barrels of oil from Russia. That should be a red flag to you that there's something else going on here that we're trying to convince people that Russia's bad. Meanwhile, we're funneling billions of dollars to them. Does that sound logical? No. Number eight, if Russia is so evil, why did the Democrats under Clinton and Obama with Joe Biden as the vice president sell our uranium for nuclear weapons to Russia and Putin? That should be another red flag to you. The same people that I think it was called Uranium One, if you Google it, it was a huge scandal that the news really didn't talk about that we sold our weapons grade uranium to Russia and Putin and those same people, Joe Biden, the Clintons, the media that covered that up are now turning around and saying Russia is bad. That should be another red flag to you. And the last point, number nine, Zelensky, the president of Ukraine is a puppet just like Biden is. Someone else is running the country and telling him to fight rather than giving back part of his border country to Russia that used to be Russian anyways. Who's telling him to fight? Somebody's pulling his strings. He's just, just find out who Zelensky was. Google him. Check out who he was before he just somehow became president. So conclusion on this, I don't have all the facts. I only had like nine basic points, nine facts, right? But it looks like all the liars and the people making money off of Ukraine want us to be on Ukraine's side. So I'm not picking a side yet. But if you held a gun to my head, I would say Russia is probably in the right because the liars are telling us that Russia is wrong. So there's nothing wrong with Russia or any other country doing a preemptive strike, being the aggressor when it comes to war, if the other side is doing something wrong or something that could harm them. 
keep in mind, if you know anything about the Bible, the story of David and Goliath, right? Goliath was this huge giant that taunted Israel, kept threatening them, but he never did anything. He brought out his armies and he stood out there with a sword and he's like, your God sucks. You people suck. We're going to kill you all. And he never did anything. He just talked, right? He was not an aggressor in the military sense. David, like a 17 year old boy or something like that, came out with a slingshot, whirled it around his head with a stone in it, flung it and actually killed Goliath with a stone before the Philistines had killed anybody. David struck first. He was the aggressor. But he's the hero because the enemy had already lined up their armies and was prepared to fight and was going to try and kill them. So David struck first. Keep in mind that Christians need to be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, and that sort of thing. But we need to be really cautious about trusting known liars and making a judgment call just because we know that 40 years ago, the USSR was evil. The other thing we need to be careful of is Russians and Ukrainians here in the United States. Most of them have absolutely zero to do with this war. You need to treat them like your neighbors and be respectful and polite and loving like a good Christian. So there's a lot going on here. Don't be quick to judge. Make sure that you as a Christian are thinking of the things that we need to be doing that we need to witness to people. We need to love truth. Ask questions. Search for truth. We need to be a light in the dark world. In all of the lies and all of the evil, we need to stand out as being good people. We need to be compassionate to anyone involved. And you also need to pray for the enemy. If you are able to determine which one is actually an enemy of America, I would submit to you that the Ukraine government and our own government are the enemies of America. Joe Biden has shut down pipe pipelines here in America while he paid for oil from Russia and the Ukraine, while the Ukraine was paying his son millions of dollars. So you tell me who the enemy is. I don't think it's Russia, just my two cents. God bless you. And until next time, keep searching the scriptures.